0: Hello and welcome back to Cape Corner, where we explore the history, story, and cultural impact of a different character or group every episode. I'm Blue, and my usual co hosts have uh, abandoned me uh, in coal mines. So, uh, we have a returning guest for the second time on this series uh, for those who may remember. Uh, Andy, how you doing? Ooh,
1: who said you could talk to me? Get back to work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh,
0: it, it's been a long time. What fucking episode was the Venom episode? That was in like the 30s, I think. I'm gonna look that up real quick. I'm actually curious now. Cause that
2: was a long fucking time ago. Now, a lot of shit has happened.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
2: yeah. God. <laughs> She's i still scrolling. Oh, 20s. So it was episode
0: 27.
1: Oh my god.
0: Um, well, welcome to episode 102.
1: <laughs> Thanks, I love being here.
0: Um yeah, so like I said, uh Jordan and Margot have both been dealing with some stuff. Uh I think Margot has been slowly done with the process of moving to a new place. And mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan has just been busy with life and also his his voice, hurty. Um, so we went a couple weeks, uh, without anybody uh, to record with. And I was like, okay, I guess that means that I just won't record anything because I would rather not have an episode than go back to the dark ages of me talking into a void. <laughs> um, but, uh, Andy was so kind to uh, join me, so long as we talk about something of interest. And you said something very funny to me recently, um, Uh which, uh, if I can pull up the receipts real quick, I want to make sure I get the quote right.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Hang on.
2: Throwing up a little bit more. Oh, yeah, here we go. No, that's. Oh, yeah, there it is. I'm humbly asking you to dip into
0: your autism (laughs) for me.
1: Autistic to autistic communication.
0: (laughs) And then you said, What happens in Invincible? You and I engage in media radically differently. Um,. If if I am being suggested something, I would like someone to tell me a basic synopsis of what the series is like so that the specific moments I can still, you know, like, experience for myself. You don't do that.
1: Yeah, I like to be spoiled before I get into things because if something super... I know it takes away some of the impact, and I've gotten criticisms about this before, but if I go into something... And it's, like, too much for my little brain in the way of, like, if I'm watching a show and something suddenly emotionally devastating happens, like, it sets off something within me and I can't finish the show. So I have to know what I'm signing up for before I can fully commit to the bit.
0: I, I know this is true. Crown, I know you're one of the three people listening. Uh, So... Uh you're you're especially gonna be upset by the fact that Andy here uh has never finished growing
1: log on. Yeah, I can do it. Fucking, he died and I got really scared. <laughs>
2: um,
1: I can fucking bring myself to, and then and I found out that my wife dies and it's like what's the fucking point? Who, Mia? Yes, I loved her.
0: Wait, how did you love her if you didn't even get to the episode where she appeared?
1: Because I watch clips of specifically her.
2: I, she she is a cute pie. Um,
1: she is. When I was a you know kid who, and really into it, like I was really into her. Now that I'm you an adult. Who, huh? Do you know who
0: voices her in English? I do not. Um... You've seen Teen Titans, right? Yes. The voice of Starfire.
1: Thank God. If it was the voice of Raven, I was going to have to leave. Because every (laughs) single person that has ever complimented me has compared me to Raven. And it makes me want to gouge out my eyes. What's wrong with Raven? There's nothing wrong with her as a character. It's just... I don't really want to be associated with her like that.
0: I mean that's fair. I, I was gonna get a little upset if you were like Raven sucks, I hate her because like
1: Oh no, I, she's I, cool I, as fuck. It's just <laughs> she's not
0: I didn't I did an entire Cape Quarter episode where I modified Edgar Allan Poe's poem. Oh my
1: like,
0: god. The the amount I put uh amount of work I put in for a goth icon was insane.
1: I mean, I don't doubt it at all. You loved Raven, but that was also, like, a problem. Not really. That's a joke. But
0: <laughs> I was going to say, what? what?
1: <laughs> no, it's just every single person that I've, like, that has ever shown any form of interest in me, whether it's just platonic or romantic, they're like, uh, growing up, Raven was my favorite character. And you remind me of her because I'm, like, a very small subsection of goth, and it's like, okay. Right. It feels like they're singing a typo negative at me.
2: Yeah. I I guess
0: I'm... It, 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 this is... Okay, there's a, there's a disparity between how, like... I, I'm sorry to even, like, use these terms, but I don't even know how else to word it. But, like, I guess AMAB versus AFAB people are treated where, like, one is going to receive compliments or comparisons to popular characters to a point of it being very annoying and frustrating, and another is like,
2: I wish I had some of that! <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I'm definitely in the I wish somebody would compare me to a famous and beloved character, often, uh, more often uh, type of camp.
2: Um... you know who you remind me of?
0: Who?
1: Jimmy Neutron.
2: Shut the fuck
1: up. (laughs) Neutron? I can't... (laughs) (laughs) I'll see myself out. Goodbye. (laughs) Hey,
0: thanks for joining us. Uh... Uh... Okay. Let's actually start talking about Invincible. Um...
1: I so, have okay. issues and problems. I have demons. I am...
0: Ask, did, did you catch up to the latest episode?
1: Not quite. Um, I'm a couple of episodes behind. I did get through the first episode of season two, but I know that some fuck shit happens and it's going to kill me. Give me
0: a second, because now i got to pull up the episode list of Invincible to know what you have or have not seen. Uh,
1: can I be honest with you? So, my little guy affliction did not go away with time. Uh, I continuously fall in love with side characters that have no, like, major importance to the plot. Like, they have their own little thing going on, but they're not, like, main character. I fell in love with Donald.
2: The the old guy? Uh, no, no, no the, the guy with the
1: glasses. Yeah, Cecil's little guy.
2: Okay.
1: I was like, damn, he's just like me for real, because he's just a loser. <laughs> and then when he was, like, going... When he was, like, at the kaiju area, and the kaiju, like, moved, and he, like, jumped in the karate stance. Like, <laughs> I put the deal. I'm like, oh, you're such a loser. I love you. You are... You are part of the family now.
2: Did you notice uh, him in episode one of season two?
1: I did. That was very confusing and upsetting.
2: Yeah, I was
0: also very confused for a second, uh, but that apparently is a plot point.
1: (laughs) I'm terrified because it's already sad enough that, you know, his last words were, it was an honor, sir. That made me sob. Sob. Because that is dead-ass who he was as a person. Just so ready and willing to serve Cecil. He, like, looked up to Cecil and everything, and it's like... Ooh.
0: Okay, I remember what happened in episode one, though. Um So... <laughs> let's... Uh, before we start talking more in-depth about the different side characters and the ones that you cried over, um, let's...
1: <laughs> All of them. <laughs>
0: Uh, Let's synopsize the series a little bit. Um, Invincible, first of all, uh, one of my few times I can say something about the real world shit, which I say in every intro, and I hardly ever actually do, um, is made by, I believe, Robert Kirkman, right? And he is the guy that makes The Walking Dead comics. Um, That's right. We can blame him. Robert Kirkman. Not Kirkland. Kirkman. Um, I'm sorry. But,
1: uh, so. Robert, he, with all due love, love and respect, I want to smack you upside the head for making me cry as much as you did.
0: I want to smack him upside the head for making a shitty ass zombie series. Well, okay. From I, one, okay. Let, I let me. Let me put I can't this out really there.
1: say that because I enjoyed it.
0: Uh, well, you have bad taste. Uh, so. Will,
1: we already established uh, parent, it.
0: <laughs> apparently from what i hear the comics actually aren't bad so i i shouldn't put the hatred of the tv shows on this man um but he did give
2: yeah. them the idea so i am watching i mean you. i mean why,
0: why? Um, actually <laughs> i'm just glasses
1: Pulls suspenders (laughs) Um
2: pushes glasses
1: up and goes Excuse me Shut
2: up (laughs) (laughs) Um
0: Okay, so the he asks the brave question Hey, you know how everybody's like talking about Goku versus Superman? What if what if Superman was like Goku? Which is to say, what if he came from a race of planet conquerors? Uh, and thus the entire concept of Invincible was born. It's from the early to mid 2000s. It's a comic book made starting in the early to mid 2000s. You know what that means? Like everything else from that era, it's a deconstruction of the superhero genre because he has... edgy. The extremely brave... And original question, (laughs) what if Superman was a bad guy, actually? What
1: if Superman was a bitch? (laughs) And he um, made Omni-Man. And then he gave him the fattest (laughs) ass to the Viltrumite (laughs) Empire. (laughs) Okay, real fucking talk, though, I'm not kidding. I fucking, I started watching Invincible and dead ass, because, like, my friend Antonio was, like, really pressuring me to fucking watch it, so I was like, you know what, fine, all right. I will do this for you, Antonio, I love you. Like, that kind of bullshit. (laughs) Not literally. (laughs) But, like... I made a joke to him about the Omni-Man, uh, Nicki Minaj photo. Yeah. And not even two hours later, I was on TikTok and I was scrolling. The third video in was that skateboard video of Omni-Man's fat ass. <laughs> And I've been plagued by it ever since. The, Fucking the one where God. Met,
0: the guy bails in midair, but he lands in a squat pose, and then it, like, smash cuts to Omni-Man? Yes! <laughs> but, I hate that I like, knew which one you were talking about.
1: But get this, Ron was showing me a video that somebody made not too long ago of, like, Mortal Kombat or some shit, because Omni-Man's in there now.
0: Yes, he is. He's in Mortal Kombat 1. I need somebody, to play it.
1: Somebody... Fucking modded his block to be oh, the yeah. Nicki Minaj, and he showed me that video. And I never wanted to eat cyanide tablets so bad. I just, I, I just <laughs> wanted to eat it and die.
0: I did very briefly see that someone modded that. They modded that within like his first
2: like 30 hours of being in the game. I want you to know, like it was fast. Um. Okay, but yeah, I just
1: took so, away all my will to live.
2: So, Omni Man is
0: a he's an alien known as a Viltrumite from the planet Viltrum, because uh, that's how words work. And they are an intergalactic empire that conquers other planets.
2: Um, he was sent to Earth to conquer it, and. Uh, he he was definitely planning on doing it, but then he fell for that sweet, sweet
0: Earth Pussy.
1: <laughs> the Earth Pussy, if you will.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh and he met uh Deborah Grayson, um, uh, who's voiced by Sandra O. Oh. I should say uh the entire voice cast of this series is stacked as all hell. Uh J.K. Simmons voices Omni Man, which uh, it's very funny. After 20 years of being the guy who yells at superheroes, he is now a superhero that yells at other superheroes.
1: I mean, it's fitting. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, somebody modded J. Jonah Jameson over Omni-Man in Mortal Kombat. And so you could just fight as <laughs> J. Jonah.
2: You told my <laughs> wife. <word. Thank you. laughs> i just want to hear that line in the game bring me
1: pictures Um, of (laughs) spider-man all right
0: um so so omni man wound up marrying uh debbie and he took the identity of nolan grayson and the two of them had a son mark grayson who apparently his full name is marcus sebastian grayson
1: why is his middle name Sebastian? That kind of sucks.
2: Hey, man, <laughs> uh,
1: I was thinking more along the lines of, like, that shitty early 2000s band where it's, like, uh, sleeping with Sebastian.
2: Sure. Sorry, Something whenever I hear hi. Sebastian, I always hi, hi, hi. think of the crap.
1: Honestly, that's not a bad choice, though.
0: It's terrible for me because I fucking hate that movie. <laughs>
1: No, I know. Remember how I used to fucking sing under the sea, and you would get so
0: mad. I those memories. Anyway.
1: <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> under the sea. Uh, uh,
0: okay, I'm sorry. We are really going off on a tangent here, but have you seen... There's a, there's a Game Ropes clip that fucking kills me where it's uh, them playing the Disney Princess game, and... Sebastian says
2: something, and Aaron's just like, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Oh my fucking god, it's terrible! He just
0: cuts himself off because he realizes
2: it's racist.
1: (laughs) I didn't even. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even register that as racist. Now I feel bad. Oh (laughs) no.
0: You you have a history with, uh, uh, humor, dipping its pinky toe into the waters of racism,
1: and I just like don't fucking register it, and it's like I feel so bad after I find <laughs> out like years later, and like, cause we had this girl, uh, that went to my high school, and she was Hispanic, and mm. I'm not gonna say the word, but she decided to nickname herself even on her official soccer jersey cuz you were allowed to pick nicknames since it was like a tiny school was the hispanic slang term beginning with the word b what beaner you're not supposed to fucking <laughs> say it
0: <laughs> i
2: look if there's one thing that i've learned it's that um Uh, The Mexican community, how do I word this, doesn't give nearly as much stock to mild
0: levels of racism as uh, we in white America do. Um, I mean, that's true. They tend to make a lot of racially charged jokes at uh, the the Hispanic community, like members of different uh, specific... Sort of countries all tend to make very racially charged jokes at each other. I mean,
2: but, mm, mm, mm,
1: mm.
0: depending on the person, obviously they're not a fucking hive mind, and an individual is always gonna take precedence. But for example, my friend Lou, he he knows me, and he knows that like I'm not racist, which has opened the door for both of us to make constant racist jokes at each other. <laughs> Oh, good heaven. (laughs) And, uh, like, one day I was like, does it bother you? Like, I I suddenly got awash with white guilt, and he was like, no, it's fine. Like, you guys tend to put way more stock into that than we do, just because, like, I mean, it's a lot more of a problem in America. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah, it sure
1: is. Um, Yeah, it's a huge problem. I mean, it's a problem everywhere, but, like, especially here.
0: Oh yeah, we've uh, somehow cultivated a culture of racism, mm-hmm. especially in recent years. So you know, it, it's something it's that you late. and I are a lot more cognizant of, and a lot more on guard of, and a lot more worried about portraying ourselves as. But a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Mexican-born people are just like, that's nah, it's funny. Like when I worked at McDonald's, like, a lot of the staff there was. Mm-hmm. ...from Mexico. A lot of them still only spoke Spanish, actually. Um, When I tell you I heard some shit...
1: (laughs) Oh god, yeah. Okay, so speaking of... ...speaking of races... (sighs) One of the funniest things that I think has happened to me since moving here... It's the fact that, because, like, you already know, I am in the middle of Columbia. That is, it, it has a lot of white people, but, like, not as much as it was in upstate New York.
0: For anyone listening, I'm going to say not the country, because <laughs> that yeah. just to be at first, too.
1: So, I have a lot of friends within the black community, and that's not, like, a humble brag, or, like, I'm not racist because I have black men. It's literally just a fact of the matter. But every single one of them has called me the n-word on multiple occasions like that is it's become like their nickname for me and i can't even say it and they know that i won't and that's part of the fucking joke and it makes me so
2: upset (laughs) you have such a rich
0: heritage uh first you were white then you were asian and now you're black (laughs)
1: Yeah, and then come to find out, like, my dad is, oh, like, my dad might be Puerto Rican.
0: <laughs> you really running the gambit here, aren't you?
1: I'm multicultural.
0: Oh my god, Miles Morales, is that you?
1: I'm gonna beat the shit out of you for that one!
3: <laughs> right, Shut right, let's up!
0: <laughs> let's get back to it. So... Um, Mark, uh, which, by the way, again, uh, because we could always use a little bit more multiculturalism
2: in, uh, uh, in superhero media, uh, is, I was gonna say half Asian, but, like, I I guess
0: we quantify Omni-Man as white. Like, he sure looks white.
1: Yeah, he does definitely have the features of a Caucasian male. Oh,
0: all right. And
1: by by that, I mean he has, like, the dad stash and the dad hair. He literally looks like he's out of the Sears catalog. So I really think that he is categorized as a white guy, despite the fact coming, coming to terms with it, he is, in fact, an alien.
0: I mean, it's the same way that, like... Again, Superman is a fucking milk toast, Wonder Bread, white dude, and wasn't he raised in
1: like Kentucky? Kansas. Oh my God, and kn- man, jump out the window! He's got
2: that Kansas beef.
0: <coughs> have you seen the new uh, Superman show? I have not. Um, they. Somehow managed to make him both twink and twunk in that show. Uh, uh, it's extremely anime-inspired. He has a magical girl transformation now.
1: He twink, he twink, he twunk.
0: Indeed. Um, apparently, literally, their mandate for that show was... Uh, make him as hot as possible in every frame.
1: I mean... It's one way to ensure views.
0: Well, they do it for both him and Lois. It's like, make both of them hot.
1: Oh, no, I'm not complaining. What I'm trying to say is that, like, uh, we need to sexualize men more.
0: Yes, I agree. Uh, I'm firmly in the camp of getting to gender equality is not about sexualizing women less. It's about sexualizing men more and being fair.
1: You know what? Um, Okay, I I don't want to go into, like, a different entirely different topic, but that's exactly what I'm about to do.
0: That's what this <laughs> podcast is. We're
2: used to it.
1: Oh, sweet. Okay. I maintain <laughs> shine.
0: Uh, Thanks for proving you never listen, you fucking fake friend.
1: <laughs> um, Asterion
2: from Baldur's Gate 3. Who's that again?
1: I want him. I want him carnally.
2: Who is this you're talking about?
1: The white-haired, like, very gay-coded man from Baldur's Gate 3. A- sorry
0: Sarian. Okay, I I thought you said Sarian or some shit. I was oh, like, no. Okay, Harriet yeah, that makes sense. Everything that to
1: me. Fits, that definitely fits with your type. It's. I am a man. Yeah. I am a man who likes men.
2: Yeah, and he
0: sure is. He sure is gay. A
1: man who is coded to like men.
0: <laughs> Literally, like the the first time you see him in the game, he's just like, "Ah, oh, hello, dog," and you're just like, "Oh, gay."
1: Exactly. It's It's like, oh, I know what you are. It's one of
0: them homo (laughs) sapiens.
1: Please. I know what you are. And I'm just (laughs) like you. So get over here. Uh,
2: (laughs) Our daddy (laughs) talks. I'm gonna beat you to death. I couldn't even (laughs) give it out. Okay. Focus up. Um, So, Mark uh, has...
0: uh, Shut up. Mark is uh, 17 years old. He's nearing the end of his high school career, and he has still never developed any superpowers, which he expected to have. And Omni-Man... Has actually been waiting for him to have superpowers and he's just been living this chill life where he is Earth's strongest superhero. He is uh I guess he like has books that he writes or something and
1: um, Yeah, he writes travel books.
0: Yeah. And and Debbie is a real estate agent and Mark is obviously going to school and um there's also the Guardians of the Globe, which is essentially the Justice League. Um
1: can I can I be honest? Yeah. Even though he had such little screen time, which still upsets me to this day, Darkwing was like my everything.
0: hes I mean, he's Batman, so yes, he's cool.
1: <laughs> I know, but like, I, I don't know. It's just, once again, I fell for the little guy side character where it's like, oh, I like him. And then that happens, and it's like, ooh!
2: I could kill myself. Um, What's very cool
0: is that now with Invincible Season 2, we actually got to see a previous iteration of Guardians of the Globe, and I didn't realize uh, that Green Ghost is a mantle. uh, It's a legacy mantle, um, in that the Green Ghost in the older iteration of the team was a guy and mm-hmm. uh, clearly a different person became the Green Ghost, because it's a lady in episode one of uh, Invincible. And I, they, they they, make a lot of these heroes, but some of them die so fast that we know next to nothing about them or about how their powers work. So I guess they have a pill that they swallow that turns them into the Green Ghost. How uh, do they change back? I thought it was a really it's something. It's some green lump of something that she literally puts in her mouth and then the next frame we see she's flying out of the building as green goes. So I
1: think I think it makes her intangible because she could go through like walls and stuff. But
0: yes. I gathered that much. She's uh basically Kitty Pride because uh Shadow Cat from the X Men. Uh, yeah. Also- also figured out how to use her ability to become
2: intangible to also fly. So, it's the same moveset. Um, but, yeah, so I guess
0: they can just pass on that lump of whatever, the gem or the pill or whatever, to uh, another person. Um, it It's sort of like a combination of Star Sapphire and Our Man in that way. Star Sapphire got her powers from having some sort of space diamond um, embedded in her body, and our man would take a pill, uh, ingested orally, to have superpowers for one hour.
1: Imagine if you had to take it anally?
0: Yeah, I'm sure that it uh, wouldn't be as...
2: I don't know. Superhero comics get weird.
1: Pink I
2: mean, face, Man,
1: Gay. I also remember Asbestos Man. It's hard to forget Asbestos Man.
0: We will always remember. Pe- press up to pay respects.
1: And then Matter Eater Lad. I can't.
0: <laughs> you, uh, you know, I, I, I had like... a huge running joke at the start of this podcast of me constantly bringing up Matter Eater Lad and acting like I had beef with him.
1: Oh my god. <laughs>
2: Fuck matter eater lad.
0: It's it's so funny because I, I, was, I was literally like, you know, on this podcast we're going to talk about all su- sorts of superheroes. Green Lantern
2: and Spider-Man and matter eater lad. Oh, don't worry, we'll get to him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the, the Guardians of the Globe. We got the Immortal,
0: which again is like... <laughs> If if Vandal Savage was a good guy, um which I can't even hate. That's honestly an awesome uh an awesome concept. Uh he was Abraham
1: Lincoln. <laughs> that fucked me up so much because at first I was like, There's no fucking way they made this superhero John Wilkes booth. And then I looked closer and it's like, wait, oh my god, no, he's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So why the fuck
1: was he a president?
0: <laughs> I mean, why not? You're alive for thousands of years. Might as well be a president, free the slaves.
1: I mean, that's a um, shit way to die, though. You're just watching a movie. Well, not even a movie. It was a play.
2: He's like, oh, okay. I guess I need to be someone else now. That sucks. Um,
1: well, I mean. Ultimately speaking, though, I guess I would rather die watching a play than before I got to the play.
2: I mean, at least you got to see part of what the hype was about.
1: That's true. But I would be pissed off for the next, like, thousand years because I miss the ending.
2: (laughs) Um, Okay, so it was... uh... Immortal, Darkwing, uh, the fucking
0: fish, uh, <laughs> Redbrush. I don't know the fish's name. I'm sorry. He's clearly supposed to be Aquaman, but he's not a guy that can talk to fish. He is a bipedal fish. <laughs> um, Red Wasn't brush, it people, like
1: Aquero or some shit?
0: Some shit like that. Um, War Woman, uh, and am I forgetting? Oh, uh, Martian Man. That's right.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: So it was those seven, and then Omni Man wasn't a member of uh, their team, technically. He was like a reserve member, essentially, that when they needed help, they would call him in. Um, And then the day comes where Mark gets his superpowers, and Omni Man goes,
2: Oh, well, now there's two Viltrumites on this planet. We could totally conquer it alright,
0: I'm going head out, and then he goes and he summons the Guardians of the Globe to their uh, secret base, and fucking murders them all.
2: Gruesomely, graphically, it's, it's like after not really like after the credits, but it's
0: like after the end slate, so where a lot of people would think the episode was over. Um, and it just keeps going, and it's like a five-minute-long fight scene. (laughs) And... Yeah. Like, they put up a fight. It's not a complete wash. In fact, he's left fairly close to death by the end of it. He... He falls into a light coma,
1: actually. Um, I have to be honest, uh, Red Rush's death is the one that got me the most. I mean, obviously, Darkwing's also really fucked me, but, um... I don't know, just the fact that they had the conversation between him and his wife, fiancé or something, um, where he's, like, every moment is, like, torture. And just knowing that it took Omni-Man a considerable amount of time to do what he did. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's fucked up now that I think about it. Yeah. Well, I mean... I think they actually put the scene in slow motion to kind of convey that.
2: Yeah, they did, because we we see him speed
0: punching, and it's in slow motion.
1: Yeah, and so I guess it shows just how long for him it was. Yeah. But it also... also, Another thing that, like, really upset me was the part where he was, like, breaking his hands against Omni-Man.
3: Yeah, uh...
1: Man, this show hurt me so bad.
0: Uh, you said that you know that Omni-Man is in uh, Mortal Kombat. Did you know that the Red Rush kill is one of his
2: uh, fatalities? Oh, I hate that. Can you guess what uh, what the other fatality is?
0: Like, what's the other really iconic and fucked up and traumatizing thing that he does? Um, it, it's not the think of thing that's, the thing. Uh. Well, that's his X-ray attack. Um,
1: oh, no, that's even worse. <laughs> uh,
0: no, the the fatality, the the thing that isn't just him doing a ground and pound, but him actively murdering someone.
1: Is it the Darkwing thing?
0: No. What Do you know the one thing that fucked me up? I probably told you about it when I first watched the show.
1: Was it the subway?
0: It's the subway, baby!
1: Ah. Uh, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> he, flies,
0: he flies Raiden or Luke Kang or whoever he's fighting
2: to the subway and holds the back of their head up. Oh. That one... That that one just, like, left me in stunned silence
0: for, like, a few hours after I saw it. I was just like, I'm not okay with that.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I felt a little bit nauseous the first time I saw it. And you know me. Like, I grew up in the early days of the internet with unfiltered access to all things. So, like, a lot of teenagers from our time, uh, I saw, like, live leaks. I saw uh documenting reality like all of these really uh graphic sites with real victims displayed on them and that's really upsetting looking back but when you're a teenager you don't really have that level of empathy to like fully recognize it plus yeah. you know being desensitized to things blah blah, blah it happens i definitely um,
0: think the chemistry of my brain was changed when i saw the bjorn stalker kill himself on camera
1: Oh, I remember that. That was horrifying. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, um... That scene, even though it was animated, made me feel nauseous. Like, I really wanted to... I really wanted to just, like, stop watching there, but I was like, no, because it does get better. I mean, it gets worse, but better.
0: (laughs) Well, because that's sort of, like, the the point of the series they they lay it out for you I wouldn't say that the the end of episode one it sets up the mandate for the series because it's still a battle between not just superhumans but the best superhumans on the planet right so it, yeah it's gruesome and it's brutal but everyone still feels like they know what they're doing um because the series mandate is really to make you feel how horrified and powerless a superhuman in this society would feel. Because uh, episode two really does that when Invincible is trying to save a single elderly woman and he gets shot in midair and he falls and tumbles. And of course, it's just a tumble for him, but it was a mortal elderly lady in his arms and all of her limbs are fucked up and shit. And. When I saw that, I was just like, oh, no, okay, that's what this show is.
1: Yeah, that also really fucked me up, because he was like...
0: He was having a panic attack. He was freaking the fuck out because he didn't know what to do.
2: Like, you could see he was on the verge of tears. um,
1: And then the fact that he kept checking up on her. Yeah. Like, you could tell that he is a good person. He just, you know...
0: I would say, see, I wouldn't even call this series edgy. Like, I would call a lot of these deconstruction-type series edgy, right? I think that's a perfect descriptor for a lot of them. I don't think that this is edgy. I think the word I would use is visceral.
1: Well, I mean, the animated TV show is definitely better at, like, portraying that. It's the, um... Oh, the comics are... Yes. Yeah, I hate the comics. The way that... (laughs) He, the way that the guy fails to write women in, like, a believable and empathetic way is insane to me. Like, I really think he has an issue with women. Because, I mean, then again, look at how the women in The Walking Dead were written. hmm Yeah. Um, I, yeah, there's, like, a but, running... There's a running trend here. But,
0: well, because, again, it was... The early 2000s of comic books was full of way too much misogyny. Like, a very uncomfortable level of misogyny. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 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 Kick-Ass was another one from that era.
1: where. Oh, good heavens.
0: If you just watch the movie, you're like, Ha ha, funny man with chip but But if
2: you start reading the comics, you're like, What the fuck is this guy's problem? Yeah. Um, And, uh,
0: I I try to describe it this way to everyone. Like, the, the 90s and the 2000s were part of what's known as the Bronze Age of comics, but the Bronze Age itself has, like, two sort of subsets. You have the 90s subset, where their form of edginess was, let's add a million bandoliers and belts and pouches to the sky... Um, we're going to give Spider-Man a cyborg arm and a cool Rambo-style bandana. Um, we're going to have uh, Deathstroke and Deadpool. Like,
2: that's that's the 90s flavor of edginess. And then the 2000s flavor of edginess was, you know, Magneto's children, Wanda and Pietro Maximov,
0: you know, two of the most iconic Uh, superheroes,
2: slash villains in comics, brother and sister. (laughs) Yeah, they're fucking now. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. They they really
0: went, this isn't your dad, he's a granddaddy, superheroes. What are the
2: youth into these days? I know, incest. Yeah, uh, the God, ultimate I can series.
1: Kill myself for
2: real. <laughs> the
0: ultimate series of comics was. Uh, it was an interesting thought experiment, but not everything panned out very well. Like there are good points. I think it's really cool that Spider-Man was briefly in a relationship with Kitty Pride. I think they they were very cute together. Um, and I also think it is weirdly morally responsible of Black Cat that. Because this version of Peter Parker, when he meets Black Hat, is still a high schooler, not a grown man, like the original version. As soon as she finds out that he's a high schooler, she freaks out that she was accidentally committing pedophilia, and she vomits on his crotch
1: and then
2: leaves. Kind of funny. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very fitting, because I'm not going to lie, if I found that shit out, I would have a very similar reaction, if not just straight up kill myself.
0: Yeah, but then you have shit like... Captain America, one of the most unassailably good-natured people in all of media, is just, like, a racist boomer (laughs) in the Ultimate Comics.
2: Like, just a really bad person. And I'm like, what? Why? Why did we have to do that? Uh, I get that a
0: lot of people from the 40s aren't exactly, like, the the most progressive... (laughs) Uh, idealist these days, but, like, it's Captain fucking America. To have him talking about how he thinks the Chinese should go back to their country or whatever is is weird, man. It's weird. You're weird for that.
1: Um, it is. I don't understand, though. Like, I really don't get... Well, I do understand, but... not really. Why? Why be so inflammatory?
0: That, that was the version I knew growing up. I didn't know the actual Captain America when I was a kid, because...
1: No, no, I mean, like, why did they have to write such inflammatory things, essentially? Like, why... I don't know.
0: Because... Okay, so, if we're talking on a serious note, decades of being censored and essentially neutered by the Comics Code Authority meant that comic book writers were chomping at the bit to get to say inflammatory stuff, because that if it was left naturally, if it was left up to their discretion, I'm sure you would see some provocative stuff peppered into these comics once in a blue moon, just like naturally, because that's how good storytelling works. You do occasionally want to throw in something as a curve or a twist to make things a little bit more interesting or relatable or realistic or whatever, right? But they were banned from doing anything remotely distressing to children for so many years that the second mandates were lifted, they just... They had their Vegas night, essentially, where they're like, I'm going to be the worst scum of a human being for the next 24 hours. And then they woke up the next morning and were like, oh, we made some bad decisions.
2: (laughs) Oops, we accidentally created the ultimate comics. (laughs)
0: Uh, I genuinely think that that was a big part of why the Bronze Age manifested in the way it did because specifically the Silver Age of comics the
2: Joker wasn't allowed to carry a gun Um, Blade wasn't allowed to fight vampires you heard me right,
0: Vampire Hunter Blade was not allowed to fight vampires and the Silver Age it was the impetus for DC Comics having three different gorilla-themed superheroes. Because there was some loophole where gorillas were completely untouchable by the Comics Code Authority, so they just kept making more gorilla-themed supervillains. They made Gorilla Grodd, Ultra Humanite, and
2: Monsieur Mala. So, I I think that that was what it was. Oh Um, my god.
0: Did you know that, that there's three different Gorilla Boys?
1: I mean, I knew that there was a whole bunch of, like, Gorilla-themed things, but I didn't know why.
0: Yeah, it's because it... For whatever reason, Gorillas were one of, like, the completely... Like, you could do whatever you wanted in comics as long as a gorilla was involved. (laughs) Um, Which is why there's a very funny... Comic book cover of Jimmy Olsen, Superman's best pal, where Superman seems to be forcing Jimmy to get married to a gorilla.
1: Oh my god!
0: That's it. if you ever want to laugh at uh, Golden Age and Silver Age comics, look up uh, Superman's best pal Jimmy Olsen because every comic cover is designed to make you think that Superman is being an asshole and to make you wonder how did we get here. Why is this happening? So then you have to read the comic. Like, there's one where they're in a desert, and Jimmy is on his hands and knees crawling, and he's reaching up. He's like, Superman, please, I'm so thirsty. And Superman is standing on top of a sand dune, and he's holding a pitcher of water, and he's just like, you gotta work for it, Jimmy.
1: Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, okay. Okay invincible that's what we're talking about um yes so Sorry. uh mark gets his powers and he decides to start going by the name da, 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 da. invincible i
2: was making a joke based around the the uh yeah so uh i
0: do think it's really cool what they do with the title card, by the way like um First of all, yes, it's extremely memeable that every time someone goes to say Invincible, uh, it it just cuts them off and shows the title card. But what I like is that the title card gets bloodier every episode. Um, until yeah. by the, the end of season one, the title card has gone from blue and yellow, Invincible's color scheme, to red and black, because it's just completely covered in blood. Um, what's interesting, I don't know if Okay, so I think the title
2: card just cracked in episode one of season two, right? Like, it didn't show anything beyond that?
1: Yeah, I didn't really... I can't really remember the opening of it. I'm not gonna lie, my brain is very small.
0: (laughs) Well, they also trolled the shit out of us, because they knew that we made a meme about everyone like, getting cut off in the Invincible title card coming up, so in episode one of season two, people kept being like, I guess you really are. And then there's a pause, and then they go, Invincible. (laughs) And and they just keep going, because they knew that every time I do remember that. They do it, like, five times in the episode. It's so fucking infuriating. (laughs) Uh, Because it got me every time. (laughs) Um, But the title card for season two, it seems to be that the red and black title card is cracking and breaking and falling away. And it looks like there's a blue and black one beneath, Um, which is interesting because I do know that Invincible has a second
2: costume, which is a blue and black costume. So maybe they're setting up that he'll wear that in season three. That's neat. I think shit like that is neat. Graphic design is my passion.
1: Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I mean, to be completely, f-
2: please. <laughs> it's not. It's not my passion. I'm not good at it. Um, Felt. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So Omni-Man's in a coma. So when the
0: the g d a which uh the global defense agency that's what they are
2: um they come yeah. in to see what the <laughs> uh they they come in to see what's up and they're like clearly
0: all eight of them were attacked by some ninth entity and Omni man is the only survivor that and immortal's decapitated head you know they, they have to revive him, but he'll
2: i mean it's kind of in the name he'll be all right um so they they just assume Omni-Man wasn't the one who did
0: it, which gives him more time to make some devious machinations uh, once he wakes up from his coma. Um, Mark decides to start being
2: invincible. Uh, he winds up meeting up with the teen team, uh, which is uh, Adam Eve, which
0: is a character I wasn't sure I would like because... You and I both suffer with Sakura syndrome. Oh great. Main girl, Pink. Probably gonna hate her.
1: I really like Adam Eve. Um I think she's really interesting and cool.
0: She is. I I definitely appreciate her. Um I <sighs> She she aligns a lot with uh my ideologies of, like, hey, you know, if you have the power to literally change and reshape the world, maybe you should, like, get into philanthropy and making things better for everyone. So I really appreciate the shit out of her (laughs) for doing that and being like, hey, I have the power to rewrite things on the atomic scale. Maybe I should stop using it to punch bad guys in the face really hard because everybody can do that. Maybe I should like make clean drinking water in Africa
1: and stuff. So I do cool. appreciate that.
2: Yeah. Um and, and the Adam Eve special
0: uh that I did watch um made oh me my feel, god pain. Made me feel for her a lot. Also, her parents suck. I know I'm not treading any new ground with that statement, but fuck I hate her dad. I'm not a yeah. fan of her mom
2: either. Her, her mom... I feel
1: like... I feel like her mom... Is, uh... A doormat? Yeah. I feel like she deserves better than her husband. Because she always did try to... Be there for Eve. And then, like, also defended her... Basically every time. Which says a lot. Like, she actually stood up against her husband and was like... Because remember when he called her, like, a freak...
2: Yeah, that's, like, one of maybe
0: two times I can remember her actively sitting up to him. That's kind of why I'm, like, I don't have the same hatred of her as I do the husband, but it is kind of one of those things where it's, like, she's trying to be Switzerland, right? She's trying to be, like, sort of the, the peacemaker or the neutral party, but it's, like... Well, if you're trying to be a neutral party between a bad person and a good person, but the bad person has all of the power and authority over the good person, you're sort of assisting the badness now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah.
1: But. Um, I, I He kind of reads as, like, an abusive person.
2: I know. It's clearly a complicated situation there. Um, but it I can't
0: say that I consider either one of them an especially good parent, regardless of what
2: the circumstances is. Oh, no, they're not. Like, they would have been perfect parents.
1: Yeah, like, they would have been perfect parents if Eve wasn't their daughter.
2: I'm not sure that's true either,
0: but that's a discussion for another day.
1: (laughs) Well, no, because, like, think about it. When she started displaying, like, signs that she wasn't, well, I mean, she's actually a really good, uh... Autism metaphor? Yeah.
0: That's why I was saying. Even if, uh, they had their original daughter who wasn't superpowered, if she didn't fit in with the mold, which is to say any kind of normal human being, she would have her individuality repressed, which I don't think is a good parenting tactic.
1: Well, I don't... That's a good point. But then again, I'm thinking along the lines of, like... Uh, he wouldn't be
0: as buck wild because she wouldn't have been a superhero.
1: Yeah, that and, like, a lot of her behaviors wouldn't have been like that, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. Um, I do... Since we brought it up, or you brought it up, I I, I do want to say... As an Autistic person, I really appreciate that they gave fucking Normie's Re um, a, a good way to visualize the progression of Autistic people because as a child, she wasn't extremely verbal. She was clearly hyper fixated on whatever her interest was. But by the time you hit high school, she is considered. Popular enough that Will is geeking out over the possibility of his straight best friend uh getting a date with Eve Wilkins. <laughs>
3: so
0: it, it is clearly one of those things where it's like, give them time, they'll learn how to socialize. <laughs> like, it, like sometimes. Again, spectrum disorder. I can't speak for everyone, but like I know there's a certain stigma with autistic people where people expect them to be quote unquote childlike into adulthood. And it's like, it, that's a very skewed perception of what childlike is. If you feel that people who are able to still be passionate and genuine about things are childlike, it's pretty fucked up that you think adult-like means that you have to be jaded and hateful all the time. Um,
1: well, not only that, but, like, um, like I'm also speaking as somebody with autism. Uh, people tend to, like, woobify people with autism. Like, they tend to be, like, they assume that we have, like, a handicap. Yeah. That we're, like, dumb. And it's, like, that's not at all the case. Like, some of us who are on the lower... Uh, functioning side of the spectrum, which is not a negative thing at all. It's just something that happens. And by like lower functioning, I mean more so like they have issues socializing with people and being verbal. Um, Mm. They're still smart. They can still comprehend things. They are not by any means dumb. And this actually just kind of happened today. Um, I had a friend of a friend essentially try to dumb me down to a child. And it's like, no, uh, I am not a child. I'm an adult. Uh, I just have issues socializing and hyper fixating on things. That's not exactly super abnormal.
2: It's very disrespectful. and Yeah, especially
0: in, in the culture of so many people that are now adults that were raised with the Internet like. Social anxiety is at all uh, an all-time high, baby. You used to this. Um, but as soon exactly. as it's oh they have social anxiety because they're autistic. It's just
2: oh I at it.
0: what the fuck changed? What what changed there, honestly? Tell me, explain it to me. Go into your thought process, buddy boy. Uh uh, alright. So uh so Eve is cool, I really
2: like Adam Eve. Now, on the other side of things, you know who I fucking hate? Who? I mean,
0: it's going to be obvious. You know me, you know this shit that I can't stand. Uh, Another member of the team. Is it Rex? It's Rex. Of course it's Rex. Why would it be? I knew it. I can't fucking stand this shit heel. Like, he's he's clearly designed where you're not supposed to like him. So, like, that part is, is obvious. But, boy, do I just fucking hate this dude. Like, it's,
2: they were
1: I mean, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I am not a fan of him either. But I do feel really bad for him. Because he is getting fucked over at every turn. Like, he cheated he on deserves- Eve because he assumed. <laughs> well, like, he cheated on Eve because he assumed that she was cheating on him with Mark.
2: Which he could Stupid, have asked but her he.
1: Out. Yeah, but I mean, it kind of feels and sounds like he comes from a not so great family background. I'm and then, sure. like as time as time goes on, he's just consistently getting fucked over. Because, like, look what Robot did to him.
2: I Personally, of the opinion that if you are
0: constantly Prancing around and running ahead of people and then when you step on a landmine that you, you're you're not really in good taste to be like, this is your fault for not holding me back. Like a lot of times, yeah, he does get fucked over and he gets fucked over not as an active thing and then his reaction is to be a dickhead. He gets fucked over as a reaction to him first actively being a dickhead. Like, Monster Girl beating the dog shit out of him was in direct oh, I fully response support to him that. being a shit heel. <laughs> Like, pretty much every... Uh, again, the whole him breaking up with Eve, him cheating on her, is a response to his own insecurity and then him not communicating his insecurity with her. She's not in the wrong for having a friend who is a guy that she sometimes travels with Like, you could say maybe she could have been more attentive of the fact that he was having an inferiority complex and she could have said something to him. But really, if he's got a problem, the onus should be on him to say, hey, this is my issue. Are you cheating on me? And he didn't do that. Now, again, granted, they're teenagers, so it's not realistic for them to be that emotionally mature. Um, It is realistic for them to be dickheads that are making life harder for themselves. And that is the case that he is in. Um,
2: Yeah. But, like,
0: if the normal teenager being a dickhead, making life harder for themselves and the people around them, is, like, at a
2: 7, he's at a (laughs) 10.
1: Yeah. It's just really hard for me to like him. I don't blame you. I'm not going to lie. Even though I feel bad for him, I also don't like him. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, he's really written as a character that I really feel like, because I haven't fully read the comics. I've only, like, read little bits and pieces of them, because just the source material for the show is too much for me. Yeah. Um. Like, oh, I feel so bad for him. I don't like him at all. I think he is a terrible person, but he definitely doesn't deserve everything that he gets. Um, I feel like people should kind of have a little bit of empathy, which is ironic because he doesn't really have a whole lot of it.
0: (laughs) I, again, I'm, uh, maybe it's a weakness on my character, but I tend to,
2: I tend to be more, uh, uh, resistant to
0: empathizing with people who are making zero effort themselves to empathize with others or earn forgiveness of any kind i'm like I, i'm like i can't just completely go to you you got to at least step out a little bit like it, we don't have to meet halfway especially if you're that fucked up but we got to meet partway <laughs> yeah. and if you're someone that is very Seemingly comfortable in remaining in your role, even if you're sad in that role, if I'm never seeing anything from you to suggest that you might change or want to change, then it's going to be hard for me to to open up to you. Uh, Bakugo is my favorite fucking character in My Hero Academia, and you know what? I didn't like him either. <laughs> I I do remember that until I started seeing signs that like he might be open to changing himself and as soon as I saw that I was like oh this is fucking great I'm ready for this uh and now we're at a point where I actually cried when he reappeared in comics after one year of absence not comics manga but
2: you know what I mean um uh Yeah, so... uh, Okay, other characters. Uh, Robot. Uh, Robot is... very...
0: uh... He's very funny. uh, And then also tragic, as it turns (laughs) out. Because, at first, you think he is literally a robot. Um, Yeah. And then you find out that the robot is actually remotely controlled by a dude who was born with very severe birth defects and he has to stay inside of a life support tube and he is a genius because i mean it totally makes sense you you can't move or eat for yourself or anything you're just stuck there what are you going to do all day when you can't do anything well you read of course so you become a super genius um And so he figured out how to make these, like, remote-controlled, remote-piloted robots to act as a superhero. Um, Now, he does get a bittersweet um, character transition where uh, he finds the Mauler twins, which... Can I say, the Mauler twins are some of my favorite supervillain characters.
1: Yeah, they're... Definitely unique, and I love that.
0: The, they're not actually twins. Uh, there is one big blue boy who is very strong and intelligent, and he cloned himself. And because you have to clone your memories and experiences as well, you download the data in your brain to the new clone body. They both think they're the original, and they're constantly
2: bickering over who's the clone.
1: Meanwhile, um, they're, like, both close.
2: Probably at this point, yes.
0: Um, because any time one of them dies, they just make another. <laughs> um, so, it, it is actually impossible to tell at this point if uh, the original is still alive or not. Um, but I
1: really don't think he is.
0: Well, I could tell you in season two he's definitely not anymore. <laughs>
2: Please. um one way or another oops all clones now oh my god
0: uh, so uh yeah uh rudy is robot's real name uh rudolph he manages to enlist the help of the mauler twins they take his dna they remove all of the damaged sequences that cause the birth defects, and they have to fill in the gaps with something, so he sneakily takes Rex's DNA and uses his DNA to fill in the gaps. And they basically make a
2: child-aged clone, or a half-clone of Rex, and they then transfer
0: Rudy's conscious. well, you know, They copy Rudy's consciousness into it, and they don't have the issue of figuring out which one is the clone. It's pretty obvious, Um, and as soon as a new Rudy clone is brought into the world, the old one uh, has to be essentially taken off life support, because he does not want to continue living in this deformed state and he wanted a version of himself to get out there and experience the world, even though he knew he could never be that version. It's very tragic. Yeah. It's clearly based on Ben Riley. and here I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this complaint again. Look, I fucking love Ben Riley, and they did my voice so dirty in the new Spider-Verse movie. <laughs> I know, it was a funny joke that he was the, the prototypical
2: ugh, my pain from the 90s comics. I get it, but that's not what he was like. Come on. I don't even know. Did you see the new Spider-Verse movie? I have not. Um, Andy Samberg voices him. And his entire shtick is that he's like
0: he's like sasuke or whatever. He's just like Leaning against a wall, he's like, oh, I'm remembering my past. Ooh, that was a particularly painful memory. Me. <laughs> and and I saw it in the theaters and I saw it with Gene and Gene was like, Oh, this is so fucking funny. And I'm just like, My boy, what have they done
2: to my boy? <laughs> um Look at how they've massacred my boy. <laughs> Uh, duplicate. She's someone that I want to like. Um,
1: I do like her. Because, I have respect for her because she didn't... She dead-ass apologized to Eve and was like, Hey, man, I didn't know. And then yeah. straight-up, like, peaced out after uh, she yeah, found she, out. She
0: straight-up admits that Rex lied to her and... Told her that Eve was okay with this, like some kinky shit.
2: Um, so she didn't know.
1: Oh, no, uh, he's uh, Rex told her that like Eve broke up with him. Oh, is that what and it was? And was dating okay. Mark. Yeah, to
0: be fair, it's been like over a year since I watched all of the episodes of season one without them being a reaction video. Um, oh, no,
1: you're fine. I'm just uh. <laughs> filling in the gaps it's not my like, autism only goes so far
0: <laughs> um but yeah I have so...
1: supplementary <laughs> autism
0: <laughs> thanks appreciate it homie um <laughs> uh, no it, it's some something happens in season two where i'm just kind of like uh there's starting to be a pattern of behavior
2: that i'm not i don't know about you kate i don't know She's not exactly the greatest person ever.
0: No.
1: But then again, she's kind of got a lot going on.
0: Um, was that that? So that was the whole team. Team. It was those four. Um, and Invincible winds up joining. But later on, they're like, "Hey, we need new Guardians of the Globe." And Rex and Duplicate and Robot actually wind up becoming three of the new members. Uh, Eve doesn't. Um, not because she flunked out. She's one of the most powerful <laughs> heroes, but uh, she just wasn't really about it. Uh,
2: she didn't want to be on the same team as Rex anymore. That's really what it. Yeah. More or less well, I mean, Rex and yeah. Um, so other members that they got for the new iteration of the Guardians of the Globe included Shrinking Ray, which. Great pun. Um, <laughs> I know next to nothing about her. She seems fine. <laughs> um, now, there is Monster Girl, who. Um, okay,
0: we're going to have this uh, discussion. I see people being like,
2: oh, writers barely disguised fetish or whatever. And it's just like. You know, there are people with, like,
0: conditions that, again, like autism, where people see us as more childlike, or, like, Benjamin Button syndrome is a real thing, where people look way younger than they really are, um, or it could even be, like, a number of other situations where people, maybe some people are just petite, some people are whatever, but there is this, like, um... What's the
2: word I'm looking for? Where it's a way that uh, people act that's fucked up. <laughs> um, it's not. It's not I'm of, not sure, like, but um, in
1: my they're, 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 opinion, mm-hmm. in my honest opinion, I don't think she was written in like a fetishistic sort of way because I don't. I haven't perceived her once as being portrayed as like sexually attractive like her story is very reflective of like the struggle of even though i'm an adult woman i am treated like a child and viewed yeah. as a child that's and what then, i'm getting
2: so, yeah I, I was saying okay. that you were uh, wording I mean, it like a, very like, bad
0: no like listen you gotta let me cook let me finish my thought like th- there's a stigma of people who are perceived by the general populace as childlike and then they're they're treated a certain type of way because of it and even in the series um the, the the talk of like her being an adult woman with adult woman interests adult woman needs but she is mistreated because of her appearance specifically is brought up she even says like one of the things that frustrates her is that she can't have a, a sex life anymore because the only people who are interested in her are a problem. <laughs> um, and that sort of, th- there is a real world analog to that where there's a lot of times where um, like there'll be a, a petite woman and they get harassment because people will be like, Oh you're your fetish bait for people and the woman has to be like I can't help the way my body is I'm sorry if that upsets you but like I am an adult I would appreciate being treated as an adult and yeah. for whatever reason there's like a there's like a people just can't can't do that um yeah there is a a deep thing where appearances mean a lot to us Uh, And for whatever reason, some people take appearance over actual individuality. And she has a very tragic story that's very rooted in that. And in fact, the entire reason why um, robot Rudy specifically chose to make a child-aged version of Rex as a body to inhabit um, is, well, for one, she like glanced over at rex once to signify
2: that she maybe thought that he was attractive in a physical sense um but then the other is that he was
0: like i thought you would be lonely if you were the only child aged person on the team so i specifically went out of my way to make it so that i would be a similar quote-unquote age to you um We still didn't actually say what her power is, so she she turns into an ogre voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, which is very funny.
1: Like... You know, now that I'm actually, like, thinking about her as a character, she might be a very well-written, uh, example of, like, DID. Yeah. Well, maybe not, maybe not well-written. There's a lot of, like, uh, not-so-savory stereotypes, but...
0: Well, she's, it feels like she can be a lot of things. She can also be, like, a a trans allegory, because when she's, uh, like, she's obviously comfortable being a girl, but when she's heroing, there's no titties, it is all pecs, she's got the deep, booming Kevin Michael Richardson voice, there's probably, like, some body dysphoria going on with the fact that she turns into, for all intents and purposes, a male monster. Um... I don't, I feel like there's a lot of very interesting stuff with her character that you can delve into psychologically. Um, that I will leave to people that are smarter than me <laughs> to to do that because uh, it feels good. like that there might be not good.
1: More difference. so, like I'm in agreement with you because I am too stupid for this conversation.
0: <laughs> I I am an aspiring. Uh, I have an aspiring interest and in hobbyist level of like psychology. I'm not a professional, so I will leave that to people better than me. But I do think it's interesting. I think it's really cool. I think she's a really cool character. Um, yeah, she. She. To be clear, she is like a 24-year-old woman. But every time she transforms into her monster form, when she turns back into human form, it makes her younger. So if she's not careful with how
2: often she utilizes her transformation. She could wind up deaging herself to death. So, uh,
0: it's a it's a good limitation on your powers. Uh, one of the big things with superhero media, you gotta write characters with a certain level of balance to the scale that you want them to scale at. Uh, they wanted her to scale like she could be the heavy hitter of the team, but she shouldn't always be used. So that was a great way to do it. Yeah. Uh, it might be like, I already transformed today, I shouldn't transform again, you know, type of thing. That's good right? I appreciate that. Um, uh, Black Samson. Uh, he, he's very neat. Uh, he's voiced by Kerry Payton, which is always a win for me. Um, uh, he, he's the guy that voices Cyborg, if you don't know. Um, he does a lot of voice acting work these days. He's really good. Um, But uh, he had a great introduction for me because, again, I I think Rex is such a shit. And he snarkily called Samson dad. And and he was just like, I don't know you like that. So I'm going to assume that you're just playing around a little bit and that I don't need to whoop your ass so bad that you never
2: even think to call me dad again. It just immediately shut him up, um, which was great. Uh, and, and that's it for the
0: season one new roster of Guardians of the Globe. There'll be a couple more later, but I'll let you get to that. Um, so, uh, and, and then we already mentioned uh, Donald and uh, Cecil from the GDA, they're they're the suits, they're the government, they're the shield, they're the
2: Nick Fury, um well Cecil is the Nick Fury. <laughs> um uh they're pretty cool. Uh, I
0: like them. They they seem highly competent for a government task force agency set in a superhero world. Um they know to step back and let superhumans deal with shit a lot of times but they're always trying to make countermeasures for said superhumans. Um, you, you referenced the kaiju before. There was a kaiju that Omni-Man fought, and it could actually hurt him. And the second that it
2: was dead and Omni-Man flew away, Cecil was like, get out there, study that kaiju. <laughs> Just in case. Like, he, he has a healthy level of paranoia. Sometimes.
0: Sometimes it is an unhealthy level. Let's talk about the character that I was
2: fully expecting there to be a big fucking thing about. Amber. Oh? Let's talk Amber.
1: I liked Amber. I completely get it. Because, I mean, like, he was lying to her. The entire time. And she's not stupid. I mean, come on.
2: Come on. (laughs) Yeah, he's not—he's
1: um, not exactly like super secretive about being a superhero.
0: Oh, guys, uh, I, I gotta—I gotta run this way to um get help. Uh, skitter, skitter, skitter! Look, Invincible's
2: here. Yeah, um, Mark.
0: Mark has a little bit of like himbo golden retriever energy to him—not completely, but like it's in there. And that's one of the ways it manifests, where it's like, come on, man.
1: (laughs) But at the same time, I feel like he wasn't serious about Amber. Like, he thought he was, but he wasn't, really.
2: Yeah, I mean,
0: from the start of their relationship, he, he was first interested in Eve. And it's just that Amber asked him out. And so he was like, yeah, sure, okay. And he agreed to it after he saw that Eve was in a relationship with someone.
2: So,
1: Which is really not cool.
2: Yeah. Um, So, anybody who knows of this show and
0: knows of the existence of Amber as a character has probably heard all the discourse around her. People and by people I mean typically men, fucking hate her. They talk about she's the worst character, she's the worst written character, she's annoying and she makes no fucking sense. People have been like, I hope she dies. Like it's the the
2: vitriol over this fucking character. Um, is astounding. Insane. Yeah, it's not in a good way. And it's...
0: I have gone on rants about why Amber is good, actually, <laughs> um, multiple times on this podcast, so it's very cathartic to hear you come in and be like, yeah, I liked her. Her motivation made sense. I get it.
1: Well, because fucking- she gave him so many fucking chances to tell the tr- truth. Like, she... Like, especially the college scene is what got me... Because she deadass is like, okay, so you're really going to make me sit here and think that you're a terrible fucking person instead of just telling me the truth?
0: Yeah. Uh, So, again, for anyone who is like, I don't understand why are you guys okay with what she did, here's the deal. There seems to be a misunderstanding of character motivation. There are some people that
2: boil down her motivation to... She is mad that he is being
0: invincible and not spending time with her because he's saving the world. And they're like, well, that's fucking stupid because, I mean, if he didn't save the world, she wouldn't be alive to live in it. And, uh, yeah, what? Is he supposed to let other people die just so he can help in her super soup kitchen? Uh, she's so selfish and dumb. Yeah, that would be selfish and dumb. If that was the issue, it's not. In fact, I hope all of you who spit a year talking about how much Amber sucks are eating your fucking shoe now, because in season two, she specifically encourages him to go be invincible. <laughs> um, so suck my fat cock, you absolute fucking neckbeard losers. That was never the problem. The problem was that he lied about it. I, I understand they're high schoolers, they don't always make the best decisions, and they've not been dating for super long. It's it's not like they've been married for 30 years and he's been keeping a secret of half his life from her. But at the same time, if you're going to be in a relationship with someone, you should be a certain amount of open with them. And she even understood, like, I get it, it's part of the superhero shtick to... Like keep someone in the dark for a while, but I would have hoped that you would have let me know by now. And that's the real thing. She's being lied to, and it's making her feel unimportant in his life. She is a side accessory, not a main focal point character in his life. His best friend knows that he's invincible. Again, that wasn't necessarily his choice, but that's still out there. Uh, Eve Like Again, she is a superhero, but she is still a friend in his day-to-day life that knows he's invincible. Amber was one of the last people that he told, um, and it, it was making her feel small and shitty. And yeah, she was upset about it. She has a right to be upset about it. Because, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you're in a relationship, typically... You like to spend time with the person you're in a relationship with, and if they can't spend time with you, you'd like to know the real reason of why so that you can, like, accept and understand, you know, what's happening. You want to have a say in it. Be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Go ahead. Do what you have to do. And, and, And even if the person you're with is a good person, that them being a good person in general
2: doesn't absolve them of being kind of a crappy partner to you. And you are still allowed to be upset. And that's where she is. She knows he's doing the right thing. She knows he has to do this.
0: But the way he's going about treating her while he's doing it makes her feel bad. And she should not be forced to stay
2: in a relationship with someone that is actively making her feel bad. That's the issue. I don't understand why that was so hard for people to understand.
1: Whoever talks shit about Amber, uh, I'm coming to your house. I'm gonna hurt you.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Um, <laughs> and, and again, like uh, what I appreciate is that they, they seem the The creative team behind the show seemed to be like, oh, oh, you thought that was Amber's problem, all right? Uh-huh. Okay. That. We're going to specifically write her... Since you're so stupid,
1: her. let me spell it out for you.
0: <laughs> We're going to specifically write her in season two to show you that you're a fucking idiot and you didn't know anything about her goddamn character. And I promise you, it's still not going to click for some of these neckbeards. They're going to think that Oh, she's undergone a dramatic character 180. She doesn't even feel like the same character. Because, you know,
2: nostalgia critic ruined an entire generation's ability to analyze media. Like me. Um, okay,
0: so a, a brief overview of stuff that actually happens in the series. Um Invincible sure does get beat up a lot. You know who I'm excited to see more of? Um, probably
2: the character that brutalized Invincible the hardest outside of Omni-Man. You know who I speak of? Battle Beast.
1: No. Oh god, Battle Beast.
2: I want to see more of that fucking guy.
1: He's terrifying, like in a good way. He
0: is so hardcore. I, um, as someone who has made a Beefy Boy Lion Man OC, uh, my character Blackmane, um, seeing justice for, uh, for Beefy Boy Lion guys everywhere, uh, made me really happy. <laughs> <laughs> This dare mascot looking motherfucker really took the main character and went, You ain't shit.
2: Uh, and he's cool. Oh, so, actually,
1: uh, I will beat your ass. I am a okay. lion man.
2: Invincible? Oh, okay,
0: let's stress test that. Um, so, uh, what's really cool is that that, that is apparently some setup. Because, for one thing, in an episode in season two, We see that one of the, I guess, council races of this, like, rebellion faction against the Beltramites out in the cosmos is that race of lion people. Like, one of the people that are on, like,
2: the big tall seats behind the desks is a lion guy. So the fact that they seem to be a race that
0: maybe they would have more trouble against full-blooded Veltramites, but at the very least, they seem to be comparable in strength, right? Like, they wouldn't go down without a fight. Uh, Already is very exciting. Um, And then I saw on, like, a, a wiki page, like, six months ago or something, there is a comic book panel where Battle
2: Beast seems to return and be on the same team as Invincible, and that's awesome.
1: I'm excited for that, but also terrified, because that probably means that he has to show himself as worthy.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Dude, Invincible trained by Battle Beast would go crazy. I don't know if that's actually what happens. I'm... I'm keeping myself largely ignorant of what actually happens in the comics because I want to, you know, it, again, the way I experience media, I, I want to try and go in as as few spoilers as possible. But um
1: Personally,
2: if, if something like that happens,
1: I don't think you need to worry. Only because there's so many differences between the animated show and the comics that, like, it's kind of like its own universe
0: that's true. Uh one of the funny things uh, since we just went on that big thing about Amber is that apparently she was barely a character in the comics. Um and that's the version that the the sweaty dude bros seem to prefer. Um they they really got upset that she is a black, let's be real. Uh mm-hmm. and <laughs> B Uh, actually a character with her own active motivations. So, if you're the type of person that hates minorities and also hates, uh, women who can assert themselves from time to time and don't just stay in the kitchen making you a sandwich, um, first of all, how how the fuck did you get to episode 102 of my podcast? Um, but also Invincible is not the show for you,
2: and yes uh, Die as well Um, yeah uh, so navigating relationship
0: drama uh, the shit of like actually learning how traumatic being a superhero is um, that was all well and good and then the day came where the GDA confirmed that Omni-Man was the one that killed the Guardians of the Globe, thanks to um, a demon detective voiced by Clancy Brown. That's right, Mr. Krabs himself. Um, Justice for it's, my man. I think it's funny how Clancy Brown does like a million different voice roles, and we're always like, yeah, you know, Mr. Krabs, the one <laughs> voice role he's done. <laughs> it He's doesn't very matter talented. That this, it doesn't matter that this man was Gorilla Grodd and uh, the detective from Detroit become human. No, he's Mr. Krabs first and foremost.
1: I mean, that's um, probably where a lot of people were introduced to his work.
0: Yeah, I mean, I probably heard him and other stuff before, but I was too young to like have a repertoire of voice actor knowledge. So once I started knowing voice actors by name, every time I heard him, I was like. Oh, Mr. Krabs, got it. Sweet, that's wild. It's funny that he can do like actual good voice roles. <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> one of the most well-known cartoon characters
2: in America is actually voiced by a good voice actor. Who to thunk it? Um, true.
0: Yeah. So they wind up going full assault mode on Omni Man, and what's really cool is. Every single time they came up with some kind of thing that could hurt Omni-Man or even just Mark, they stockpiled it. The freaky fucking cyborgs from the college episode, they kept a pack of them around. The kaiju, they reanimated it. Literally anything that they thought could hurt a Veltramite, they stored it as a weapon just in case Omni-Man went rogue. And, uh uh-oh... Spoiler alert, Omni-Man is actually a bad guy. Um, Yeah. So there was an entire episode where it was just they were doing everything they could to try and stop him, including, yes, as you referenced earlier, finishing reviving Immoral who just went fucking ballistic.
2: Omni-Man! Where is Omni-Man?
1: I love that scene. Like It was so fucking funny because the Mahler twins were like, man, those people are dumb as hell. Let's fix this dude. And then we can put a collar around him and control him and blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as he wakes up, the collar doesn't mean shit to him. He's just like,
2: where's Tommy? Yeah. (laughs) The, The Moller Twins keep taking
0: L's. It's really sad. And then
1: to make matters worse, like in the second season...
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that, that was some shit. Um, it is uh, so rude. Oh, I, I wanted to bring this up. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm cutting away from the actual serious
0: story of the show, but we started talking about villains, and I remembered my guy, my favorite fucking villain... <laughs> Doc Seismic,
1: baby. Oh Uh, my god. If I
0: actually edited the audio in these episodes, I would put an air horn sound effect there. (laughs) Dude, I fucking love this guy. He's so good. Oh my god, I love Doc Seismic. I'm sorry.
2: People might be like, "Why, why are you going so hard into this joke character? He's fucking hilarious. Like, and I just also appreciate villains where I'm just kind of like, huh, you do be
0: kind of spitting, though. I, I do definitely see your point. <laughs> because he wanted to destroy Mount Rushmore, because it was land stolen from Native Americans and had the faces of four colonizers and slave
2: owners inscribed on it. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean... Is he wrong, though? Mm,
1: he's not, but at the same time, he also has some serious concussions going on.
0: Yeah, and he was uh, threatening the lives of innocent tourists in the area. So, like, yes, granted, he had to be stopped. But what a fucking
2: gig of Chad. <laughs> what an absolute like, legend. Look, uh... Like, uh Adam Eve shows up, and what's really funny is, um,
0: there's, uh, so her outfit is actually modified from what it was in the comics. It was a little bit more sexual in the comics, um, and and it covers her more in this, but even then, she shows up, and he's like, just look at what they put you in, and she's like, I designed my costume myself, uh, and she's like, besides, I, I thought that you were, like, uh. A geologist, not like a professor of women's studies, and he he mentions that he's got like a few different degrees.
2: <laughs> 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 and I am just like, "That's great! I love that for him." Um, I'm smart. <laughs> uh, it, it's very
0: funny because he um, first of all. He's not necessarily a joke character either. Like, he was legitimately strong enough that it took Invincible and Adam Eve teaming up against him. And he was sort of putting them through the ropes for a while there. Like, he's pretty fucking good. Um, And he seemingly fell to his demise in the pit of lava. uh, Except he didn't. He somehow not only survived, but found magma people
2: in there uh, that he decided to team up with. which was, like, one of the last scenes of season one. Um, and as soon as I saw him down there with the, like, fire people, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, my boy's gonna come back! Um, yeah, he already has reappeared in season two. Uh, the, the excitement is real. Um Help. All right let's do it. Let's talk about episode eight. The fucking trauma episode. Um, first of all, I
1: that, my brain is kind of small.
2: That's the
0: one where the entire episode is the fight between Invincible and Omni-Man.
2: Uh, yeah. So to start, Upon seeing Omni-Man kill someone, um,
0: Mark immediately thinks his dad is being brainwashed and starts punching him and being like, let my dad go. And Omni-Man's like, Mark, stop. It is me.
2: And right away, that's very upsetting. It's very tragic. Um And
0: then he goes into detail where he's like, yeah, I told you about Viltrum Uh, might not have been quite as peaceful as I made it out to be. Um, Basically, what he did when raising Mark was he raised him with Viltrum's version of the Thanksgiving story, you know, where it's like. The Pilgrims sailed to the new land and they met the sweet Indians and they were all friends and happy and they they had a big dinner table and they ate dinner together and that was the first thanksgiving and they taught them how to make corn um and it's like yeah, so that was a load of horseshit. It was actually a lot of uh raping and murdering and biological warfare, and that's what milram is <laughs> they're just wow, they're terrible. They they slaughter entire civilizations so that they can conquer their planets. And he's like, yep, I'm going to do that with Earth. And he's like, what about Mom? And he says one of the most out-of-pocket lines ever. He's like, well, I do love your mother, but eh, she's People more of a that. pet. Cut to
2: Debbie inconsolably crying because she heard him say that. Um, yeah. Ooh, season 2 is going to be a lot about
0: unpacking trauma. I want you to buckle in for that. I know you already saw a bit of it with episode 1.
2: Mm, I can't wait to cry. <laughs> uh, and thus begun,
0: begins a very bare-knuckle knockdown drag-out brawl. It, not that it's equal it is pretty one-sided i mean mark gets a couple good shots in here there but it's mostly omni-man brutalizing his own son um at one point i think they're in philadelphia or something and in order to make a point because omni-man's like we viltrums live for like thousands of years and so these short-lived species Whether they live or die shouldn't feel like it matters to us because they're pretty much gone in the blink of an eye compared to us, which is a weird um, juxtaposition of how he perceives the world and time against Red Rush. Uh, Red Rush feels like things last eternally, and Omni-Man feels like things are over in the blink of an eye all the time. I never really noticed that uh, literary exposition
2: until now. That's pretty neat. <laughs> but... um Yeah. In order, to make,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: in order to make a point to Mark about just how worthless human lives are supposed to be, he just levels the building, and the building collapses, and Mark tries to hold it up and to save as many people as he can, but he can't. Everyone gets crushed. You see, like, a mother desperately trying to reach for her uh, baby girl, and... It doesn't matter. In the end, they die. It's extremely upsetting. And as if that wasn't bad enough, we mentioned it earlier, the fucking subway scene. Omni-Man just grabs the back of Mark's head, flies him down through the ground, they emerge into a subway, and he holds him up face-first to an oncoming subway train. The train can't stop in time, and because Mark is more durable than a train, the train
1: essentially
0: the people in it. splits around mark's front his face and his body and they're as he's waving his arms flailing trying to get free of his dad's grasp people are exploding
2: and splattering against him um on impact and it's that's a level of
0: psychological trauma that I don't think a normal human being can experience simply because we're not strong enough to have something like that happen to us.
1: I mean, definitely not. I, I know for a fact I'd be fucked up if that happened to me.
2: Yeah, that would be some shit where I wouldn't talk for, like, the next two years. Um... Uh, so, uh side note
0: i did start watching the boys um and i think it's very funny that the entire like gruesome impetus of
2: the show is one person getting exploded against you um and
0: and like they're not necessarily comparable right because even though there were dozens of people against invincible they were strangers and that was um dude's girlfriend uh so different levels of uh personal connection but still it, it was just it, it almost feels like boys was like can you imagine how fucked up it would be if a person exploded and like their guts were all over you invincible was just like
2: <laughs> that's nothing check this out pain <laughs>
0: Um, and then things culminate in the Think Mark Think scene, where he flies into a mountain range, just starts pummeling the, the, I, I can't even say pummeling the dog shit out of him, I already said that, and, for, I said that for a lesser thing in this very episode, so it wouldn't, absolutely, I, I gotta say it, I'm gonna say it, get ready, here we go, molly whopping him.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
2: This word is starting to come back and it's borderline upsetting to me. Because I
0: heard it in the fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and since then I've heard a couple instances of people saying it. And then yesterday, my friend Cinder, who apparently has not seen the Turtles movie, said mollywopping and was like, wait, that was in the Turtles movie? I was just like, oh no. It's spreading.
1: Oh, I hate it and I love it. <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, he, he like beats Mark almost to death. Um like his teeth are knocked out, his face is swollen up so much that he can't see anymore. And he does the what will you have in five hundred years? And heartbreakingly
2: Mark says, You dad, and still have you. And Pain. The the, the Zabuza thing of, like, your
0: words cut deep, deeper than any blade, like, unironically happens, where that cuts through to Omni-Man's humanity, where he starts thinking of raising his own son and the, the love that he had for his family, and suddenly he looks down at the blood on his own hands, his own son's blood, his blood. Covering his hands, and he he struggles for a few seconds, and hearing Mark one more time be like, Dad? Like, calling up to him. Because again, he can't see him. He can't see what's happening. And it's too much. Omni-Man can't do this anymore, and he just flies away.
2: He leaves. He runs away from the horror, the atrocity that he committed. Um... Uh, And it's very easy to be like, he's the villain. Look at this
0: fucked up shit he did. Yes, what he did was extremely fucked up. I'm not making excuses, but I do want to say I appreciate that he's not a mustache twirling person who never understood or appreciated the sanctity of human life. It's not something he was raised with. But it is something that he grew to understand on a subconscious level. And even he himself didn't realize he grew to understand it. He thought he was a worse person than he was. But when it came down to it, the tragedy of extinguishing human life and attacking his own son, it did hurt him. It was too much for him to bear. And he didn't know what to do. That's how you make a nuanced villain. That's
2: how you make... A human character, pardon the you know misnomer, but it's It's intense and it's well written, and I fucking love it
1: it is a good show. I do have to say though um his character arc and growth are I think it's well written to a degree i think A lot of people don't give it the credit that it kind of deserves. I'm not saying he's, like, forgivable or redeemable because he's not. It's just, you know.
0: There's there's more nuance there than a one-dimensional villain. That doesn't mean he should be forgiven. It just means there's more depth to his character that we can appreciate. Um, I think a lot of times in modern eras, especially, people confuse
2: a sympathetic villain for a redeemable one. Those are two different things. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You and I once got into a big argument over the character of Goro
0: Akechi. And because you are a a fake fan who doesn't actually play games and you get your (laughs) information from wikis, You actually had access to information I didn't have access to, because you were reading about the... (laughs) You you read about the royal version of the character while I had played the game, but I had only played Vanilla Persona 5, so I was arguing that he was a sympathetic villain but not a redeemable one, and you were arguing that he was a redeemed character, and
2: the confusion was cleared up when I later played Royal and I went, okay, I understand what you were saying now. Um, but I think that's a good example of how, like, not only just the general, like media literacy
0: stance of people. Some people think that, if someone feels bad, they should automatically be forgiven. Uh, that's an abuse tactic. You've fallen for an abuse manipulation tactic that will affect you in the real world. Don't fall for that shit. Then feeling bad doesn't excuse their behavior. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, I want you to know that. If you haven't gone to therapy and you haven't learned that lesson, just because someone <laughs> feels bad for mistreating you doesn't mean they didn't mistreat you. Exactly. Um, like you like,
1: your own feelings
0: <laughs> um, but uh, but also sometimes a different perspective on a character will affect how how much you feel they are deserving of redemption or at least a shot at redemption. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, I'm also very hungry. <laughs> You could have just said it. Okay. Um. Uh, we're we're wrapping up
0: soon. I I'm getting to the end. I just wanted to get this out there that um. Uh, I I think that. Omni Man is a character that was raised to believe that he was for all intents and purposes evil. Never questioned it, and even when the seeds were being planted of goodness in his heart, he was still consciously convincing himself. That he was a worse person. There's a common theme in stories, people love to do it, of a good person slowly and unknowingly being corrupted by evil. Omni-Man is not that. He is a bad person, slowly and unknowingly being corrupted by good. (laughs) I think shit like that is fascinating, because... In our real world, we so much more often see very cruel and hurtful and negative schools of thought being easy to pick up on and replicate. So we think of evil as much more naturally corrupting than good. But if good didn't also have its appealing and uh, convincing points, no one would be good anymore.
1: (laughs) That's kind of a fair assessment. I think people would still be good, but it's it's definitely something that assists in that decision-making. Well, because
0: people like you and me, we were raised by, if we're being a little bit more objective than we might feel comfortable being at times, kind of bad people.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And,
0: And we had to unlearn bad behaviors that were present in our upbringing we had to become good. So, so like how people can become bad, people can also become good. And sometimes it happens subconsciously. Sometimes you don't necessarily choose to adopt better behavior. Sometimes it just happens because of the people you surround yourself with. Omni-Man was surrounded by good and loving people, and that influenced him without him necessarily realizing it. And I think that's going to be important for events to come in season two and onward so i don't think he should be given a free pass i was one of the big people again bringing my hero academia back that said oh endeavor is big fight at the end of season four that just means that i'm now open to him eventually getting a redemption i don't think he's already redeemed and some of you motherfuckers are way too fast to hand out redemption like it's free samples You should be a little bit more uh a little bit more uh uh, you should hold that shit a little bit tighter to your chest don't just give out redemption um but all in all i think invincible is a very interesting show it dives into themes of trauma and how sometimes putting yourself out there to try and help the world can hurt you, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. That's what I appreciate, because Kick-Ass's mandate was largely to tell you that being altruistic was a bad and stupid thing. That was literally the point of Kick-Ass in the comics, was to say that if you want to be a hero, you're an idiot that's going to throw your life away. Invincible is more to say if you want to be a hero you're going to get traumatized but it might still be worth it to do it exactly and that's why i like invincible uh everyone thank you for listening andy thank
2: you for joining me once again do you have any uh stuff that you want to plug
1: um Dream Sleep Token, because I love them. Uh, Glass Animals, too, because they slap.
0: Alright, very, very uh, yeah, way way to plug the million dollar uh, album selling.
1: I love them. What can I say?
0: (laughs) I'm nothing but a
1: sheep. Bye.
0: Normally when I ask people to plug stuff,
2: it's like my Twitch channel or whatever. <laughs> so that was just very funny. <laughs> um
0: I I am gonna say if you want updates on the podcast you can join the Discord. We have suggestions channel. Scotty Hawkeye, I know you're listening. You're like one of my few ride or die listeners. I'm sorry, I know this episode was supposed to be about Hellboy. I promise next time I just needed to get an episode out. It had been too
2: long. Um because he went to the suggestion channel and asked for a Hellboy episode. So oh. there you go.
0: If you ever want a specific character to hear about on this show, you can go in there and suggest it. Um, it also has a, an archive of all the episodes. I <laughs> started posting stuff on Tumblr because Twitter is a fucking nightmare. Um, so I'm Beyond Blue 2 on Twitter. I managed to snag Beyond Blue on Blue Sky. I don't really use Blue Sky too much, but it's there. Um, And you can support me. It works the same way as Patreon. It it used to be called Anchor. Now it's called Spotify for Podcasters because that rolls off the fucking tongue. Um, And uh, also check out the Hall of Pods Podcast Network. All my friends are really cool. They all have cool shows. There's the Phantom Optimists. There's the SJW Comic Book Club. There's True Believers, a comic book podcast. There's movies to watch before you die. And my other podcast, uh, uh, The Replica Program, uh, which now has two episodes where we interviewed the voice actor of Zexion and Ienzo from Kingdom Hearts.
3: Ooh.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of may mention to you uh, offhandedly, but we started a podcast where we're interviewing Kingdom Hearts voice actors. We've, we interviewed him um and we also interviewed joe ackman the voice of jimmy cricket the current voice of jimmy cricket
1: that's pretty cool
0: yeah it's neat you should check it out like a good friend would
1: oh my god (laughs) we're not getting started on this
0: (laughs) i i'm slightly kidding it's fine um once again everybody thank you for listening stay strong stay true to yourselves and remember
2: we can all be invincible a little bit more gay that too